What is going on? I want to welcome you from Half Court for today, Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. I'm your host, John Murphy, alongside to my right, a Jeff Iafredi in his new mansion. Jeff, <laughs> that morning Woodward money is seems to be plentiful, and you're diving in it, my friend. I'm happy for you. Yeah, you know, I'm just, even though I'm in the same state as you guys, it's, it's you know, it's sunny over here, um, except for Troy. Troy's in Indiana, but still, it's sunny over here. It's dark over there, so I, I don't get it. Don't worry about it. The fact of the matter is I got a piano. So, you know, I'm gonna, after this, I'm going to go play the piano, watch the Packers, hopefully lose. So You know what's yeah. funny, though? Like, they, like, do you remember they had Damian Woody on uh, on uh, Armani and Edwards? Yeah. Like, back, like, back in the playoffs last year? That looks exactly like his living room. That's the <laughs> funny thing. Is that, like, he literally has what? that same piano in the corner, like, that beautiful bat. Like, I'm like, are you, are you in, are you in Damian Woody's house? Is that where you're at? Or is like, Damian Woody in my house? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> No, I'm joking. Oh my gosh. Speaking of in the house, we have my guy, Troy Surrey. We are here actually recording the pod early so Troy can watch his Green Bay Packers try and fight for the playoff lives tonight on Monday Night Football. Is that right, Troy? It is, but it's not going to happen, Sean. I have no faith in this <laughs> Packers team at all. So then why do you want to watch it? Why did you make it a point to like make sure you could go watch this game then? Because, Sean, it's the Packers, bro. <laughs> I love it. It sounds I, like Lions fans like, over the last I have no faith. Years. This could only go terribly. I have to watch every second. Hey, is that not a story of a Lions fan the last 50 years? I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and for the record, of course, um, so I'm from Upper Michigan, and all of us up there cheer for the Packers. because Yeah, if you're a... from the Upper Peninsula, you're essentially from Wisconsin. Right, it's a two-and-a-half-hour drive to Green Bay. They all cheese, 100%. Versus eight hours to Detroit. Now, granted, we cheer for Detroit for all the other sports, but for, for, for football, it's the Packers. If it was the Milwaukee Packers, we'd cheer for the Lions. But since it's Green Bay, it's so close to the border, we're all cheeseheads up there, so. It makes sense. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, Troy, no matter what happens, as long as you're not the New England Patriots this weekend, mm. you are golden. I, I, mm. I just got to say really quickly, that play, because, and I know it has nothing to do with basketball. I know by Wednesday this is going to be an old meme. But, like, the New England Patriots are my least favorite team in all of professional sports. I'm not saying that I'm happy that happened. But if I could collectively lick the tears of all New England Patriots fans after that moment, I would just take it in a cup and I would guzzle that shit. That's all I'm saying. Gotta be, that was so That's, so that's got to be the worst. It just wasn't a smart football play. Like, what, what, what was it? Like, what was he thinking? It was a tied game, too. Just yeah. get tackled. Just take the knee. Jacoby, hey, shout out to Jacoby Myers, though, because he he took the heat, man. He sat there and answered every question from yeah. every reporter after that play, and he took ownership of it all. So, hey, I, I don't got as big as balls as, as he does. I mean, I'd be I'd, I'd be the first one out of there after that play. But, uh, yeah, that was a disaster. It really was. I mean, getting paid that type of money, you got to take the heat. Yeah, uh, he owned up to it. I mean, hey, respect mm -hmm. to him. Mm -hmm. But, guys, speaking of taking the heat, there is a lot to talk about with this NBA season, with the Detroit Pistons, with, with what teams should do, because we're getting to the point of the year where we're starting to figure out what teams really are, right? And we got to talk about what exactly should be happening around the, the association, because this is from Half Court, where we talk each and every week all things NBA basketball and Detroit Pistons. If you like that, make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the podcast, and follow us at all 
of the podcast services that your heart desires. You can also keep up with us on social media so you don't miss any From Half Court content. And what we are up to, you can catch my guy Jeff at Jeff Iafrady. You can see my boy Troy at Troy Sergi 44 You can catch myself, if you're feeling oh so charitable, at Sean Half Court. Also, you can check us out on TikTok, YouTube Shorts. We have a lot of content there as well. We are not just here to talk for an hour. You can even just listen to us for 60 seconds if that's more digestible. But anyway, guys, let's talk Pistons as we do to start each and every week. Now, last night, the Detroit Pistons, as a recording, played the, the Brooklyn Nets. They uh, came out and led us by as much as 19. However, as the game went on, you know, the Pistons got in foul trouble in the third quarter. They allowed Kevin Durant to to get about, what, 10, 11 attempts at the free throw line in the third quarter alone. And then from there, Kevin Durant got hot. And when Kevin Durant got hot, Kyrie Irving also got hot. And the Brooklyn Nets won their sixth game in a row. I know a lot of people are upset and frustrated, but guys, when I watch the Pistons, like even in these games where they manage to slip up and lose and 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 screw it up, like I still can't help but be amazed by by the talent, the potential, and what this team would be right now, even if Cade Cunningham was in the lineup. Because I mean, just when we talk about the the Jalen Duran and Isaiah Stewart combination when those guys are in the lineup against Brooklyn they had no answer like nothing like Nick Claxton couldn't handle the size of of beef stew and Jalen Duran and and with beef and like and with Stewart's ability like he he didn't really have as much of an offensive impact that night I think it's part of you know part of you know what uh what did Detroit in was that they just weren't getting that full impact but like Isaiah Stewart's ability to like stretch the floor, go to the three point line, like the fact that they can make that that two big lineup, you know, work in this NBA, I think is going to be something huge for them. But you know, like overall, like I guess my question is, like you know, after like another week of of some pretty competitive basketball, like you know, where are you guys at now that we're you know a quarter into the season, and what do you guys want to see over the next couple of months? What do you want to see leading up to the trade deadline? Uh, well, I'll start with specifically last night real quick. I thought they played a great first half. I mean, watching the game, they only had two turnovers at halftime. I love the Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran front court, which kind of ties into what I, what I want to see and, and continue to see, which is player development. We, we've seen that already. I think Ivy coming back, he played well in 28 minutes. He had 19 points. Um, but from the rest of the guys as well, Sadiq Bey kind of growing and maturing in that role off the bench. Um, you see how impressive the bench has been, too. I mean, even with Sadiq moving to the bench, it's like, oh, he has more of an opportunity. I mean, not really. I mean, you have Bagley, Burks. You still have talent coming off your bench. Uh, but moving forward, it's got to be player development, uh, especially among the rookies. But not only that, Isaiah Stewart. Uh, you you want to see those guys. Bojan, you know what you're getting out of him. I mean, he's he's a walking bucket. Guy can shoot from anywhere on the court. Uh, but Killian Hayes, you, you want to continue to see him play the way he's been playing. I mean, he had five three-point uh, shot attempts last night. Like, just continue to be aggressive because Killian Hayes, over this stretch of games without Cade, isn't playing exceptional. Like, this is a new Killian Hayes. And we talked about this, Sean, too, in a video 
the benefits and also the negatives of, of Cade being out. I think the benefit has been guys getting more of an opportunity like Killian, but also you're seeing some of those negatives, right, with, with players having to adjust without Cade Cunningham. So th- that's all I want to see continuing moving forward. The wins and losses thing, I'm pretty much over that. I mean, to see them compete last night was a positive for me. Um, we know this team's not very good, especially without your, your star player, your franchise player. So to me, it's got to be guys getting better and, and just continuing to compete. You don't want to be embarrassed. I mean, they're so bad defensively. They gave up 50 it was they gave up 50 percent shooting from the field 50 percent from three and 90 percent from the free throw line so it's like they their guys are getting it, it would we, we know they're terrible defensively if you can improve on that that's a plus but to me it's got to be player development if, right. if we look back at the end of the season and guys still look as good as they are looking right now i'll take that as a positive right and they were doing really well in the first half but the problem is when you you know when you're a young team and you start to, you know, when you start to get those fouls racking up and you allow, yeah. you know, guys like Kevin Durant, those shots at the free throw line, like Kevin Durant is the type of scorer that the last thing you need to do is give him easy opportunities to get going. Right. And, right. and, and the, and the problem is, is when you're, when, when you're, you know, biting on fakes, when you're, you know, when you're making those mental mistakes, when you're coming out of the locker room and things are a little bit more sloppy and Kevin Durant gets to go to the line. And then all of a sudden he starts hitting really difficult shots because as you watch the rest of the game, it wasn't like the Pistons were giving up on the defensive end. It wasn't like they weren't playing defense. In fact, there were moments they were actually playing really good defense against Kevin Durant. The thing was he's Kevin freaking Durant and and he got going. And Sean, also, you're so right. I mean, it, let's be honest. There's not a single person on this roster that can guard either guys. Not, really, not, not even on, on this, this roster planet. in the NBA. Yeah, on this planet. But specifically, you don't have anybody that can go slow those guys down. So they already don't have that. And on top of that, you're giving up free throw uh, shots to guys like Kevin Durant. We all know great scores in the NBA. You get to the free throw line, you're in trouble. If those guys can, can get easy buckets, the, everything else comes easy to them. So yeah, it is but also- what it is. But also, I mean, in Troy too, like, you know, like we, we've talked about this before of games where, you know, where, where you miss Cade or where you, where you see the absence of Cade, this is an aspect where, you know, Detroit came out and in the first half, you know, they, they threw every punch they had, you know, they, you know, they came out explosive on the offensive end, but it was pretty clear in the second half that they had nothing left. Right. Sure. Right. And right. the thing is, is that you could tell that coming into this game, that Brooklyn was discombobulated. Like the, like the first half for Brooklyn was one of the worst first halves from a team I've seen this year. Like they were terrible, right? Right. But what yeah. got them over but what got them over the hump was their franchise players right. doing what franchise players do, right? And yeah. like that's that's the difference. So when you see like like when you have those types of franchise players in this league, you have at least 3 to 4 games a year you're going to win just off of their brilliance. Yeah, I would even say maybe a little bit more. And um, I think that's something exciting to see out of Brooklyn this year because, you know, they were a team where we didn't quite know what to expect, especially after all the rumors this summer with Durant being traded. Is he going to stay? Whatever. Um, And just they're disappointing, I guess, first round exit last year, even though it was a great Boston team that they played first round. But I think you're right, Sean. And I think uh, looking at Brooklyn's perspective with with those two guys, they're going to win, I think, more than just four games because of their uh, franchise players pushing them over the hump. And, and I think come playoff time, you know, we, we might see a game or two in the first round um, go their Brooklyn's way because they, of, they'll win games if they push yeah. them over the hump. I more so meant where I think this is where, like, like I think Kevin Durant more than push him over the hump. I think he single handedly 
put them yeah. on their back and yeah. said, sure. okay, I'm winning this because he, yeah. he outscored the Pistons 26 yeah. to 25 yeah, in the third is, quarter, which is nuts. And if like you that, watch that, that, game, that is something that yeah. only Kevin Durant can do. <laughs> and if you watch that game, I mean, man, how many threes did Kyrie shoot in transition that went in? How many pull-up Jays did, did, did Kevin Durant make, especially in that third quarter, like you mentioned, um, it, it was just, it was too much for this young team to do, uh, to, to compete against. But what's something I'm looking forward to is same thing. I'll say, same thing I did say uh, a couple months ago when what's the most important thing or what thing am I looking forward to this season? That's going to be the play from our rookies, especially a Jalen Durant and Jaden Ivey. I mean, the improvement that they've had just in, just in two and a half months, guys. I yeah. mean, that's exciting to know. I mean, almost, almost three now, um, or I guess two, two full months now. Um, uh, how much we've seen both of them grow uh, in the league so far, especially a Jalen Duran, who's just a different animal on both the offensive and defensive. And I mean, we don't talk about that enough. I mean, this guy is a freak athlete yeah. um, and, and he is going to he's going to do a lot of things in this league. He's going to be in this league for 10 plus years. He hopefully most or if not all those years in this league for, for 20 years, Troy, like this yeah. guy is not this guy just turned 19 a month and a half ago. Right, right, like, right. It, yeah. Like in in the thing that's crazy, like this, he's been playing so well that I've gotten to the point where I've been starting to ponder this question in my head, and I want to bring it to you guys. I've been asking myself, could it both be true that Jaden Ivey will end up being the better basketball player, but Jalen Duran was the most important pick for Detroit in this draft? That's a fair because, statement. Go because ahead, even though like Jaden Ivey is also a special player. And he's going to bring an impact to this franchise, his athleticism, his scoring ability, you know, being that backcourt duo with Cade, like obviously Ivy's going to have a massive impact on this team. However, having the, having the Jalen Duran aspect brings this team to a different level than where they were. And even from like just the past couple of weeks, like even though they still have to improve on the defensive end, and even though it still hasn't been perfect, like, Seeing Isaiah Stewart being backed up by Jalen Duran at the rim is just like the the amount of confidence that gives me as a fan, like over what like you know where things were at, like just from like a defensive standpoint, like that, like that has real legs to to be mm-hmm. one of the best defensive front courts in the entire league. You know, like in 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 the fact that those guys also you know, have a bond and a relationship together. And, and Jeff, we actually went over this in our video we did earlier this week. They even gave each other like a nickname already. Troy, you're familiar with this. They're calling each other the dog pound. I have not heard that yet. Isn't that sick? I like it. Dude, the dog pound, man. I'm telling you, it's going to be one of the most dangerous like front courts in the NBA. Like I'm excited to see Evan Mobley and Jared Allen versus Jared Allen face off against Jalen Duran and Isaiah Stewart. Like that's going to be matchups that we're going to be seeing down the line. You know, like I I'm just, and, and, and I think, you know, like teams are going to genuinely struggle with their toughness, especially as they develop that chemistry. And and Jeff, I want to, I wanted to circle back to a point you brought up a minute ago about how much better this Detroit bench has been. I wrote an article about actually about that. And it, it uh, posted as a, um, as a recording, today but you know when this comes out on monday um and it's actually you know highlighting the fact this pistons bench started the year in their first eight games they averaged 22 points a game they were the worst bench in the league since november 9th 
Detroit's bench as number one in the league in scoring and went from 22 points a game to 46. They're And they're technically playing a minute less than they were to start the season. <laughs> so they've doubled their points in technically less minutes. And I think a lot, a lot of that has to do with Corey Joseph, obviously. Of um, course. And the impact. Kojo he, the God. Yeah. Yeah. Kojo the God. No, but to your point, I mean, that I think that's, it's obviously been the strength, especially with Kate out. Um, but we talked, I mean, hey, we kind of foreshadowed this. You're waiting for Burks to get back. We knew what kind of player he was. Mm -hmm. uh, Marvin Bagley getting moved to the bench, Duran and Killian getting elevated now to, to playing starter minutes. And even but the Sadiq biggest being able to come in yeah, and, and embrace and Sadiq, that six man role. Yep, and Sadiq being moved to the bench. But I think another one that's been part of it, a player who's been playing really well, is Kevin Knox. Like, it, yeah. I, honestly, and I got to, again, I'm, I'm good, willing to give him his flowers. Um, early in the year, I was frustrated seeing him out there a little bit. But now that he's he's kind of gotten to a groove, he's been playing really well. So a guy you're paying $3 million to. I like how the bench is forming up. I mean, you're not playing Diallo and Noel, uh, Magruder. Like, there's still a couple guys that you, you were seeing in the rotation earlier. So it took Dwayne to figure out you know, a, a solid bench. Now we got it. It looks great. And it just makes it even more frustrating knowing that, man, I just want to see this team at full strength. And I'm always going to go back to that, but it, it's frustrating, but still I, it's been exceptional. I mean, that's what's been keeping this team afloat uh, as of late. Mm -hmm. But guys, here's, here's the exciting part. Even if Detroit, like, because more than likely Detroit's not going to keep this up more than likely, this is not going to be the number right. one second unit in the NBA. Because if, if you look if you look at like the other teams that were up there with them, it was teams like the Indiana Pacers, the New Orleans Pelicans, like every other team, the Los Angeles Clippers, like every other team that was up there is a team that has genuine playoff aspirations. The fact that Detroit got up there at all this season right. and they're in the Wembenyama sweepstakes is significant because they wanted this they, because we've talked about all summer and, and even like into this fall, how Troy Weaver made the choice of getting Jalen Duran meaning that they were pushing that salary cap space to next offseason, right? They have the best bench in the league right now, and they're going to have $60 million in cap space this summer. And the, guys that, like, and the guys that are performing really well for them on their bench right now are on really team-friendly contracts. Like Alec Burks, if you wanted to bring him back, like that's a pretty affordable contract. That's like $10 million, It would be $10 million to the cap that you could just pick up on a team option. You could probably extend him to something relatively around that same number if you wanted to. Next year, you're probably bringing Bojan off the bench, making that unit even better. You're talking about like all the potential moves that they can make with that money that's going to open up, and you're getting a lottery pick you know, this, this upcoming year as well, and you're getting Cade Cunningham back full healthy to start the season. Like When we talk about like, like, like this team being able to turn a corner very quickly and the signs – of a team that's going to be turning a corner in the next year or two. Like those are the things you want to see before you see a team turn a corner. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. And Troy too, before you go, I, I want to bring this up because it's been a common theme with Troy Weaver and again, exceptional. I mean, we can't say anything bad really right now about Troy Weaver. The guy's been crushing it and he's been keeping flexibility and we use this every off season flexibility. You have Caspies coming up one. There's never, it's never a problem when you have a, a, an abundance of young talent, if you have a roster full of talent, that's a good problem to have. And even though you're missing Cade and you're going to have a, a top three draft pick this year expected and you have all that money in for agency and you like the guys you have currently, that's a great problem to have. It really is. Yeah, most yeah. certainly. Certainly. And I was just going to add, um, 
Isaiah Stewart to that mix too of, of just his production as well. And especially the three-point shooting that we've seen from him. And I know you guys made a video on that. Um, shout out to you guys for that. But I just think that that adds a different addition to the team. I'm not necessarily throwing that name out there in trade talks, um, even though I guess that could be a trade piece um, at the deadline. I'm not saying I would want to want to part ways with that. No, I, I, I'm, I, I'm shaking my head as well with that too. Yeah, I, I would say, Troy, like, go ahead. I, I, I would feel like I would go out on a limb other than Cade Cunningham. I think Isaiah Stewart's the least likely piston to be traded on this. Sure. Like, on this and roster. again, like, I he, wasn't, uh, wasn't promoting that. Just saying Oh no, that no, I know. I know. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying like, like people have brought that up before, but like, I yeah. think, I think that's how much he means to this team. Like, I think yeah. like there's no chance he's getting traded. He does. And then to add to that, I mean, you just brought it up of the cap space that we have this summer. I mean, that's going to be an element that we haven't talked about enough already is as imagine, I guess I haven't looked extremely deep into this free agent uh, class, but you know, if we can get a borderline, you know, all-star and, and put him alongside with, of course, a Cade Cunningham, a Sadiq Bay. I'm not sure where if Bojan will be on the team, depending on what moves we make there, but, and to add an all-star to that as well as a f- top three pick. I mean, we, Sean, I, I do think next year's team is going to be a lot different than this year's team. And that's, of course, as a Pistons fan, something that we can really, really look forward to. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of guys, you know, they're going to be available this summer, you know, not, you know, some, you know, some all-star players, like some, you know, like, you know, just like really good players, you know, like, but the, the ultimate thing too, that we talked about before with cap space, it doesn't just open up the option for, for free agency and open up, it opens up the options for trades as well. So, you know, like the fact, you know, that like they'll have the money to be able to take on incoming salary for, you know, a player, if they want to go and make a move, like that's an option now. And the fact that, you know, again, you know, the fact that Detroit right now has a viable too big lineup, you know, and they also have the ability to switch it up and they can, and you know, like, like what's going to make this team dangerous is when they can really utilize and, and fully utilize like ha- what having, you know, Jalen Duran and Isaiah Stewart means, because, mm-hmm. you know, if you can make lineups going forward, where because like one of my favorite things about the Pelicans is that you can is that they can literally match your style. They can they can go big and they can get really tall and they can play physical. They can go really small and run up and down the court and switch on you and 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 just play Larry Nance at the five and he's gonna be a freaking pest, right? right? If the Pistons can create lineups where they can go really big have Marvin Bagley and Jalen Duran alongside, you know, guys with length that can switch, that can shoot. Yep. And then, and then conversely have a small ball lineup with Stu at the five and, and make things happen that way. Like that's a weapon that they can utilize, not just the fact that they can play together, but when they can utilize having each, having these guys in their own lineups, like, and, and being able to utilize like what, like what best fits their matchup, that's going to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And that's where the league's trending. I mean, Golden State yeah, yeah. kind of, you know, glorified this with Draymond Green. Like, if you have a guy like Isaiah Stewart, who's insanely vers- uh, versatile, he can guard all five positions. Now he's able to step out and shoot the three ball. And I'm going to be honest with you. When we talked about Isaiah Stewart, you know, in the summer, you know how I felt, Sean, about his three point. I thought he'd struggle this year for to start. I didn't know he'd be this good this year. I mean, I know there's still plenty of season left, but my goodness. I mean, he's been – more impressive than I would have predicted. So Isaiah Stewart to me is a big X factor. I think that was the player I named before the season and who I think if they take the next step, takes this team to another level. That was before the draft with Duran, yeah. but 
Isaiah Stewart to me is that X factor. And I would agree with you. I think he's, I mean, there's obviously besides the rookies and Cade, I think he is untouchable. I, I, I mean, with the, with the flexibility you could have with Isaiah Stewart and he's not even fully at his prime yet. It, it, it's scary. And, and yeah. to your point, Sean, I mean, the Pelicans is a great example because they're so dangerous because of Zion and which in Larry Nance and those guys, what you can, those guys can move around in different positions. Isaiah Stewart to me, not only is he going to be a hell of a player, but what the Dwayne Casey or the next head coach in the future could do with Isaiah Stewart, it's it's limitless, especially come playoff time. When, when teams want to go small on you, I mean, you have Isaiah Stewart, it's it's going to cause teams problems. Yeah. Everybody can shoot on the court. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, that, and, and that's going to be the thing is, you know, as they keep improving that second unit, as they keep fleshing out that, you know, that starting five. And as we, you know, as we get better players in the building, you know, that better fit what we're doing. Like that's like, that's going to make this team more competitive in itself. And, you know, like that's, that's the thing. Like, and, and, and even then next year, we're going to have Isaiah Stewart with another summer off his belt, like building off this campaign that he's having shooting from the field. You're going to get Jalen Duran with a full NBA year under his belt and going into an off season, knowing what he needs to work on. You're going to have like a ton of guys that are going to be able to continue to de- like to, to develop. You're going to have, you know, I think Jaden Ivey is going to have a significant improvement from year one to year two. Like that's the guy to me that is going to benefit a ton from yeah. his first off season. Cause you know, going home, working with like people with the likes of his mom, working with like guys like John Morant, like, you know, that he's going to attack this off season and start working on those things that he needs to improve his game. And like, that's, that's the thing as a whole is like, like that's, you know, it's like, yes, this team right now is where you want them to be. And like each and every week, it's kind of like a, yep. You know, we don't really care about the wins and losses anymore, but like there's good reason, right? Like there's still continual good signs of like, hey, this is still a good team. And, and listen, if if fans stopped tuning into this team because of what their record was, I understand, but you've missed some really fun basketball over the last month. Yeah. Even with some losses, you've missed some really fun basketball. Yeah. And you're watching guys take the next step, like Killian Hayes. Yeah. You're, you're telling me, and again, if people want to come at Dwayne for, and that's a big thing, player development. Why can't you give credit for the Killian Hayes move and in, in allowing him, giving him the freedom to start, uh, taking on more of a responsibility, trusting Killian? And look how he's handled it. Like, that's to me, that's a good move. Uh, again, if you want to criticize him for his rotations, I know we always find ourselves trying to defend Dwayne, but in this instance, I got to give him credit. I mean, yeah. Killian Hayes, the player development to me with different guys. I know, Sadiq, you're finding a role for him, but Jay Nivey last night, I, people go quiet to me when, when it comes to that stuff, but they mm-hmm. want to, they're quick to critique Dwayne when there's other things that that's what frustrates me. So to your point, Sean, players are going to continue to get better. These guys want to work. And that's right. a common theme. Troy's been doing in the draft, which I love is his, he's not even he's just drafting the, the player. He's drafting the person and he's finding guys yep. that fit that mentality of not only, I know it's cliche to say Detroit, but guys that want to work and improve and i agree with you i think jay nivy i think that's a great point i think he's going to be the guy to watch because what he's going to be able to do in the offseason and we haven't even got to Duran isaiah stewart i mean you can keep going Cade now when he gets fully healthy it's going to be scary and you have yeah. all those that flexibility with money and, and draft capital it's yeah it's, it's like intriguing. it's like i i see people complaining all the time going like oh i can't deal with this much longer and i'm like dude you're not <laughs> like you're not gonna be like yeah. this is like, like, knock on wood, assuming everything goes according to plan, next year is going to be different. And with yeah, the resources right. they have, the assets that they have, there's no chance that this team is worse than, than this next year. There's no chance at this point next year 
we will not be at double digit wins. I'm confident yeah. in that. Cause, cause by then you'd assume Troy would, he, now you have two seasons with the, well, three seasons, if you want to count the first draft class, but you found guys, you, this season's about really finding out who's staying, who, who's the yeah. keeper. And you're going to find out a lot this season. That's why I, I, I mean, people, they're going to complain about anything. I mean, that's, Right, that's sports fans. But at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know how you can't at least love tune into these guys and just watching them play. I mean, right. to watch Ivy last night against the Nets play well. I, I know he went out early, but still, I mean, that's to me that's entertaining, despite the win, the win or the loss. I mean, at this at this point, I'm I, I could care less. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the thing, man. Like I know a lot of people talk about you know Jaden Ivy's shortcomings and his flaws and see everything that you know he messes up with as a young guard. But man, I tell you what, when the when when Jaden Ivy is on. And when, like, when, when he is playing at, you know, at, at the apex of what he's capable of at this point, that kid is special. Yeah. He, and he just put, look at his athleticism. The he most put two dudes in a potty bag last night. I mean, yep. Yeah. Yep. One, one last, one last thing I'll say before we move on to like league wide stuff. I actually think in the long term, we're going to be looking at Sadiq Bay coming off the bench as a blessing in disguise because, like, even though, like, yes, you know, like he he didn't take the jump this year that like that people I think expected of him. He is getting his stats in a different way if you think about it. Like 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 playing and coming off the second unit and being that leading like that leading guy getting his own buckets. Like more so being his own creator than like you know being a catch and shoot guy and more so getting his you know getting his like buckets off assists. Like it seems like he's playing almost like a different game. And also over the month of December is three point percentage is getting back to where to his career averages as well. So like he's going to, he's, it seems like he's turning form and quite frankly, like if he keeps playing this way, he's only going to get better. So like, I'm not worried about Sadiq Bay, but moving on, I am worried about quite a few teams in the NBA. And that's why we're going to play a new game called blow it up or keep it up. The game is simple, gentlemen. I am going to read you a series of NBA teams. We're going to pause at each team, and we're going to debate whether you think at this point in the season they should blow it up and go for Wemby or keep it up and go for the title. Obviously, not all these teams are actually going to win, like, are, are going to have a chance to win the title. Not all of these teams are going to be able to make a great playoff run. Some of these teams could actually turn their season around and do some pretty decent things. But I want to start with the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors are currently on a five-game losing streak, are 2-8 and eight in their last 10, and currently sit at 13-17. and 17. Good enough for the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. They are below the Indiana Pacers. They are below the New York Knicks. They are below the Atlanta Hawks. They're below the Cleveland Cavaliers. They, uh, Toronto, uh, Scotty Barnes was supposed to take a year two uh, rise in order for this team to take a next step. Scotty Barnes is having quite the, the sophomore slump. His averages are around the same as last year, if not worse. And Fred Van Vliet, is apparently taking a step back as good as Pascal Siakam's been. He's in and out of the lineup. OG Ananobi's good, but like they're like Toronto's kind of in this weird spot where they could either keep it together, see if they can ride this out and, and see if they can still make the playoffs this season, or 
they're in a position where you could retool this, see if you can get another great player alongside Scotty Barnes, and then in a year or two, still be in a pretty decent spot. What do you guys think? Should the Raptors blow it up or keep it up? You go first, Troy. I'm going to go blow it up just because yes! of this. Because of this, Sean. You haven't been able to do anything since you won the championship. I mean, let's be honest. As far as wins, I mean, you make it to the playoffs. You, you know, you lose to a Sixers team last year um, that pretty much uh, dismantled you in every way imaginable. Um, and, and I just feel like you have the assets to blow it up. Like, like I feel like they're in a good position to blow it up. They're in a better position to blow it up than they are in a position to keep it up. And, you know, you can easily move a guy like Siakam and, and make your franchise around a Scotty Barnes. Or you could go crazy and, and, and trade your Scotty Barnes and get pieces around Siakam moving forward. But even so, then, like, know, I, 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 that's the thing, ahead. though. Like, yeah. I, like, is Scotty Barnes as valuable as he was a few months ago? Because right. here's the thing. Which is why you can make that argument of trading him now um, and see what you can get out of him. So I just feel like you're not going to win with this roster. This is not a championship roster. So why not blow it up? Yeah, that's fair. Jeff, blow it up or keep it up? Blow that thing up. Yes! No, listen, and yes! I agree with you guys. And the Raptors are in an interesting – I mean, I think he said it best. They're in an interesting position. I mean, you have Pascal Siakam. You have multiple guys giving you at least 15 points. Gary Trent Jr., uh, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Fleet. Like, these are pieces you can move. Uh, now, I, I don't know if you have to include draft capital in that deal, depending on who's available, but you have to get somebody else. And for Scotty Barnes, uh, he's not as valuable as he was a year ago. If anything, you, you just keep Scotty Barnes at this point um, until he, he possibly takes that next step. I think he eventually will, but who knows? Um, that's why we all love Cade. We're not just homers. Uh, you saw the potential with them. Um, but, yeah, they got to blow this thing up. You have, so, you have different pieces that are intriguing, but collectively, to Troy's point, they're not winning a damn thing. So yeah. unless Scotty turns into a superstar, which clearly isn't the case right now, you got to go out and get somebody that can be the dude along with Siakam until Scotty takes that next step. So you can't win a championship like Troy said. You can't. You basically won a championship and tried to rebuild slightly. You draft Scotty. It's it's been awkward. So yeah, trade some of those pieces. Try and get yourself a big dog. Yeah, guys. Scotty's good, but he's no Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, guys. This is yeah. the team that could blow it up the easiest. This is the team that could blow it up the quickest. This yeah. is the team that could blow it up the most seamlessly. And this is the team that could blow it up that makes the most sense. It, it's listen, like they they have remnants of their championship team. They wanted to stay competitive and try and retool and still be young and see if they can they can continue to compete. Obviously, we've seen that's not working. Obviously, we see that they have some really good young pieces that they can move forward and build around because Toronto, that's the thing. They have a program like they if they rebuild, it's not going to take long until they're like in right. playoff talks again. Right. Like it would probably suck one, maybe two years, and then they're probably going to be right back. Right. So like blow it up. See what you can get for all these guys. Even if you don't hit a Victor Wimbanyama, which, by the way, if you do then that just takes you to a whole other level. Imagine Scotty Barnes and Wemby. Like, that would be insane. But also, like, the like the fact that even if you don't get him, you're still getting a top pick that you can build around and, like, support with Scotty Barnes. See what you can do because it's clearly better than what you have going right now. They just suck, guys. Yeah. They, they, just, they just got blown out at home by the Stephless Warriors. Yeah. 
Didn't they just they lost like six straight, right? Five or six straight throughout yeah. the streak right yep. now. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're not you're, you're not winning. Do it. You're not winning a championship with Siakam as your best player. No, you just aren't. Not. I mean, and that's not a shot at Siakam, it's just the truth. I mean, just you, facts. You, yeah, you gotta get somebody else in there. So we yeah. all agree mutually. Yeah, there's levels. Like there's there's levels to this. They're just this, right? right? Another team, and I think this is like a little more interesting one. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm. So the Thunder currently are sitting at 12 and 18, are currently three games back of the playing tournament. Shea Gilgis Alexander is having the season of his life. He's it appears he's turning the corner, and it looks like next year, with you know, with Chet coming back and you know, with them potentially, you know, like how with how many picks they have, like they could potentially like really put something together. But at the same time, they're they're sitting in a spot. Or maybe they could trade some pieces and maybe see if they can get some more picks. Maybe they can float out and test the waters and, and maybe put themselves in a more prime position to get Victor Wembenyama and see if you can make that rebuild in Oklahoma City even crazier. Like there's a legitimate case to say that this team could push for the play-in tournament and this team could push for the lottery. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pose to you guys, Oklahoma City Thunder, keep it up or blow it up. I'm I'm gonna go with keep it up. I, I like what they're building so far. I mean, you have so many assets, so much draft capital. You have got you don't even have Chad Holmgren this year, and they're almost 500. Like, are you kidding me? Like, this is right. I, I don't know what they'd be with Chad. Obviously, they'd be uh, slightly better, maybe even significantly, depending on how Chad plays and, and how much of an impact he has. But no, you, you keep the core you currently have. Guys are going to get better. They have so much draft capital. You can use that to maneuver and possibly get somebody. They're in a spot right now where they're growing in, in front of our eyes. I mean, they're a little ahead of the Pistons because they have everybody completely healthy besides Chet. I mean, their main players like Shea. I mean, we don't have a Shea on this team currently. Uh, they have a monster in Shea. They should keep him. I, I don't think they should trade him. He's an, he's an, he's an incredible player. You, you keep him a part of your your, uh, your young core, and you just keep building. If Giddy, uh, now you have Chet Holmgren coming back. I, I liked who they got in Jalen Williams. Both Williams they have coming off their bench. So, no, yeah, I, I like what OKC's building. I, I would say keep it up. They have so many assets. O- OKC's already blown the hell out of it up. So, they're good. I, I would say keep it up right now. Troy? I know they have great draft capital. I know what they have going in the next five years as far as picks. But I just don't think 2022, 2023 is their year to keep it up. I, I know Shea has been playing out of this world. I know that Josh Giddy's had a massive even uh, season. I, I love Josh Giddy. Yeah, same, same. But I just think this is a year where you got to be in the lottery again. And they're going to be in the lottery, though, Troy. It's not like they're not going to be in there, right? You're you got it. You got to get another top seven pick. And roll with it. This up. You don't year. think then, like you don't think. Troy, what about that? Was that would you make that a same argument for oh. the Pistons? Would you would say I make that should, same argument? With should, Pistons? Now, would you say they should blow it up? Well, we're already kind of like. Would you trade Bojan? Would you? Because that's well, like okay, like no, you say, I okay, Troy, Bojan. Troy, yeah, Troy. But. You say they have to be top seven. Where right now are like they're in the standings? They're in essentially in a position where they're getting a top seven, top ten pick in the lottery. So in theory, you don't necessarily sure. have to like give up assets and like tank this season to like make right. that happen. You could still, in theory, keep some of these guys together, see what you have going forward, and and just use some of those picks this off. If they really wanted to, 
they could make some trades to move up in the draft if they really wanted to. Oh, and yeah. I'm not necessarily saying totally blow it up. I'm just saying don't put all every egg in the basket this year of of making trying to make a playoff run. So so keep it up, but don't go. But don't like when you say keep it up. Don't go double down. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I guess that that's a fair uh, where I'm at. I, because- I, I'm still leaning towards expect to be in the lottery. Do not expect to be in the play-in tournament. They are currently the bottom three team in the West, I do want to point out. Right. Blowing right. blowing up would mean you you blow it up. Like, you you trade right. Shea, you trade... Well, oh, right, right, right. And I'm not there. I'm not in okay. either. I'm, so I'm not in keep it up or blow it up in, with that okay. one. So. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I, I, I feel the like you're why, more in keep it up with that in the, like in the yeah, sense sure. that you're not changing what they're doing. In sure, the, sure. The reason why I made that the Pistons point, too, is because you're, both franchise, both significant players are out, and out. We don't know Chet's impact. But my point is you're seeing player development. There's a lot of positive things you're seeing in OKC, and they're still winning games. So it's like you haven't really done anything significant yet, yeah. and you're almost 500. Right. I like what they're building. And the, the draft capital they have, like you – they can move up. They could. They could trade to a team who wants to completely tank and blow it up and acquire their star. I, they're in a good position. Okay, see, yeah. honestly, they, they really are. Maybe we add a third category. Let it ride. Well, well, and I kind of think that's what I think. That's kind of what I meant by keep it up. Is like you can kind of like you know continue what you're doing. Like it doesn't necessarily mean you have to like invest like invest even more. Like yeah. you know, like there's certain teams that are like in the middle. Like for example, the next team. That I was going to bring up on this list, the Golden State Warriors. They're kind of in this middle awkward spot where you know they're 15 and 16 at this current at this current time. They would be just outside of the play-in tournament. The, the Golden State Warriors would not be in the playoffs if it were to start today. They wouldn't be in the play-in. Yeah. And so they're in a spot, and with and Steph Curry is going to miss at least the next month with a shoulder injury. However, assuming Steph comes back. I think they're still going to be in a pretty decent spot to still make it to the play-in tournament. And if the Warriors make it to the play and make it through the play-in tournament and get into the playoffs, are you telling me that you don't feel comfortable that them playing against if it started today, Memphis or Denver, you don't think they could beat them in a playoff series? Yeah. So here's the thing. The Warriors, they could either kind of reposition themselves, see if they can get in the lottery and get another, you know, young player that they can maneuver to to perhaps make the Warriors even better next year? Or do you go all in with Draymond's last year on the Warriors, use some of these young assets that you have, and go and try and build around this team for the one last ride of Steph? Or do you keep what you have right now and just see if you can if these guys can get better? Like, so like what do you guys think? Should the Warriors blow it up? Should they keep it up? What do you guys think they should do? You go first on this one, Troy. They're in such a weird spot, aren't they? They are. And and I think you can make a good argument for keep it up as far as trusting this roster to get you to the playoffs and then upset against the Denver team. I mean, that's a great argument. And I guess I'm kind of leaning towards there. But also, I mean, you do have guys that you can trade. Um, Like, what if they go, like, what if they can go get like an Alex Crusoe from Chicago? What if they can go? You know what I mean? Like, like sure. there, like there are certainly guys that, like, I think they can go get. But in order to do right. that, you'd have to trade a Jonathan Kaminga. You'd sure, have to, sure. you'd have to trade yeah. a Moses Moody. And quite sure. frankly, to really put this team in a position that, like, that they'd want to be in, 
they're going to have to trade James Wiseman too. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I'm leaning towards that. I think all three of us can agree that the lottery should be the last thing on the Warriors' mind. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I yep. think it's either the question of trust your core now to get you to an upset in the first round or go out and make a move with the younger guys. And I, man, I, I, I see where this is interesting though, because blow it up doesn't always necessarily mean the same thing for every team. Sure. 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 Blow it up could mean right. Trade those young pieces. And I guess I'm there, especially you brought up a great name, like a guy like Caruso. And I, I guess I am willing to trade a Wiseman. I really am. Um, I'm willing to trade a Kaminga even too, if, if as long as it's a proven uh, guy in this league who who knows how to win and knows how to at least play good defense, that you know that we can trust him on on that end of, of the court. So I guess I'm in a I guess blow it up as far as make moves that can get you for sure at least pretty confident past that first round. Yeah, yeah. I mean guys, we're at a point now where you know where James Wiseman as you know has played more, you know he's he's going to be playing more g league games at a certain point than he's going to be playing nba games it feels like and you know i i you know i personally don't know like what his future holds or like what can happen there but like you know the fact that he's already been sent down to the g league a couple times this season and like listen i i'm, I'm not gonna lie like you know that that lottery we all know was kind of a crap shoot to begin with I think we're kind of seeing the 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 proof in the pudding that James Wiseman wasn't the guy. Right. Like I just think you know, like the the Warriors, like they, in, in my opinion, and I think we're all in agreement here. Even like they still have guys like Jordan Poole. They still they're still the Warriors. Like I think in like five years down the road, I'm not super worried about where their future is going to be. But I am worried about one thing: making sure that we do as much as humanly possible to win while we have Steph Curry. Because Steph Curry's the greatest shooter to ever live. And when we can win and maximize that, like don't do what the Lakers are doing right now, right? Don't don't make that mistake. Right. Even though you've already won multiple titles with Steph, keep going. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, no, and I think I agree with both of you guys. And that's why the term blow it up, it's it's interesting. I, for me, you you gotta make a move. I think Bob Myers was in an interesting position because you have your championship core and you draft a James Wiseman or a Kamingo or a Moses Moody, and you expect those guys to be good enough to at least alleviate some of the pressure off your guys that are getting older, like Clay Thompson coming off back-to-back injuries, Draymond Green, who's pretty much proven he's not as effective as he once was, and then Steph Curry. I mean, to your point, uh, Sean, the greatest shooter to ever live. So you gotta you gotta utilize that window while you have these guys still. So you gotta make a move. That's where I stand on it. Whether it's trading Kaminga, James Wiseman, Moses Moody, as much as you might like those young players, at the end of the day, you're better off trying to compete right now. And, and those might be your most valuable pieces to get rid of. So if I'm Bob Myers, I'm calling the phones. I'm trying to see if I can acquire some guys. I mean, even even if it's a Alex Caruso, it, it's not a big you know, name a guy that's available via trade. You got to make a move. You you yep. got to utilize this window. I think that's kind of the point I'm making. You have a, yep. you have a limited window with Clay Steph, um, and got and even Jordan Poole's young, but still, you want to utilize that those windows with their championship players. I think they got to make a move now. So whatever it takes. Yeah, 100. percent Guys, the next team on this list, the Washington Wizards. The Wizards mm-hmm. are currently sitting. At 11 and 20 and are currently on a 10 game losing streak. 10 games. 10. They are currently 
sitting with the exact same record as the Orlando Magic. But the difference is Washington over this over this offseason spent $250 million on Bradley Beal and gave him no trade clause. Went and acquired Kristaps Porzingis over in the deadline last season to try to give Bradley Beal a worthy running mate. By the way, you know what's the worst part for the Wizards? They can't even rely on the excuse that Kristaps Porzingis hasn't been healthy <laughs> because he's played all but one game. And he's been their leading scorer. He's been their leading rebounder. He's only missed two games. Like he's he's been he's been the healthiest of his career. It just hasn't mattered. Yeah. I gotta go on for this. For, I gotta go first on this one, and you gotta blow it up because here's why: the Washington Wizards in the past five years have not even remotely tried to blow it up in any way, shape, or form. It reminds me a lot of the Pistons in that 2013-2014 era, a little bit with you know Brandon Jennings and kind of those guys, and just there was it was you were putting out a roster to compete and to win, but in no way, shape, or form was that roster ready to compete or to win or and, and none of those rosters had any potential to even go far in a playoff setting right so I, I think with this team you just have to settle down you have to realize that this team is going absolutely nowhere and you gotta blow it up if it's trading Porzingis which I'm not really sure what your value is going to be there um, even, uh, you know, you do have a couple of younger guys on your team. You could, you could potentially trade in a package with that, but they need to be focusing on the 2023 NBA draft. They do not need to be looking at any wins, um, uh, this upcoming season. I mean, guys, I, I would say, and Jeff, I, I would just, you know, I want to toss this to you next. Like I, it, like if, if I'm the owner of the Washington wizards, I do not know how I'm letting my president of basketball operations survive this season with, with how it's gone with like when, when you are, when, when any team goes through a 10 game losing streak for any reason, like even with Bradley Beal, like in and out of the lineup, which by the way, he's been in the lineup for the majority of this losing streak, even with guys like Uri, Uri Hachimura being out of the lineup, like this team, like, isn't, Good. Like this team was never, you know, promising enough to 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 be seen as anything other than a playing team in in this conference to me. And like and, and like you look at you look at their team and you look at like the most valuable pieces they have. They're not guys they drafted. They're not guys that that are that are Washington Wizards like in house guys. It's Kyle Kuzma who has an expiring contract. And the reason why he's promising is because he's the one player on that team that doesn't suck. And then you look like, like up and down the lineup, like, like let's just look at all the first round disapp like disappointments. Like, tell me, like, let me know when you hear a guy that you thought was a really good draft pick, Corey Kispert, Johnny Davis, Ruri Hachimura, Bradley Beal. Like, this is like a rock, like Denny Avdia. Like this is like a, this is just a roster full of guys that I have no faith in other. Like the only guy on this roster I like is Kyle Kuzma and mm -hmm. Bradley Beal is the Andre Drummond of guards. I'm sorry. Like he, he's been a third team, all NBA guy one time. 
and you're telling me he has the only no trade clause in the NBA? Sure. Like like that like the in in Johnny Davis, he look we could tell this guy was gonna suck just off just off of his summer league performance. You guys know his averages this year. Let's hear it. Eight games played, one point one points, zero point six rebounds, zero point three assists, twenty seven percent from the field. You know how hard it is to average one point and shoot 27% from the field in eight games? <laughs> That's pretty freaking hard. <laughs> yeah, and you just made the case. Blow it up. And, and, Tom, and fire Tommy Shepard while you're at it. I mean, that. and I was going to – you hit on – it's funny you read my mind because I was going to go in the way of the draft. I mean, where where are the promising young players on this team? Johnny Davis, as of right now, doesn't look promising. I mean, if anything, it looks uh, – I don't want to go this far this early, but – he, he's he's sneaking into that bus. I mean, for, for the 10th overall pick, you expect a guy like Johnny Davis to at least have some sort of impact, little to none. And on top of that, you're relying on guys like Porzingis, who, to Troy's point, doesn't have much trade value right now. Maybe you trade him, um, but you got to trade Kyle Kuzma. It's the only player on your roster that is intriguing, and you've seen the rumors already float around. I'm assuming that Washington, uh, besides Bradley Beal, because good luck trading him in that contract, um, and you can't because you have a no-trade clause unless he approves it, so you're screwed. Uh, so, yeah, terrible job. I mean, for the Wizards and what they've done ever since John Wall left with, with him and Bradley Beal, it was entertaining to watch those guys. But since that, I mean, this is the point I made about Siakam. I, I just don't. And it's obvious. Bradley Beal's your best player. What, what are you winning? I mean, let's be honest here. And Porzingis is your co-star. It's a disaster. Blow it up. Um, but do you trust Tommy Shepard in the draft? So they got to – and I'm not just talking about blow it up from a roster. Blow it up organizationally. Fire Tommy Shepard, blow up the roster, and hit the reset button. That's what the Wizards got to do to even try and be relevant. If Guys, if this roster if, – if this team still keeps their same organizational structure – Oh, screw They blow it up and they get Victor Wembanyama, I still don't think that solves anything for this team. I think if this – in my opinion – this would be the one team in the lottery that would find a way to not win a championship with getting Victor Wembanyama. Like, like he could have a all-time season for the Washington Wizards. But I think they're so incapable of making good decisions that even they couldn't capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Let me like. Here's a little fun. Here's a little fun. A uh, 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 little, uh, little uh, quiz we can do here. You ready? Let's look at. Let's look at how many all stars the Washington Wizards have drafted since 1999. Troy, what's your guess? Um, does this list include players that the Wizards drafted that went on to beat all stars from other teams? Uh, this is this is just guys that they have drafted in-house that okay. that went on to become all-stars it, it can be for other teams that, okay. that does that can okay. be included um specific players not if it's multi-level it's still multi-all-stars it still counts as one player right yes um i'm gonna guess i'll go three four three is the correct answer they have drafted what gil gilbert, gilbert Arenas, Hamilton. okay yeah. so all right so so hold on, hold on, hold on. I might have I might have screwed up this yeah, one. Did they yeah. did they draft Gilbert Arenas or did they acquire him via trade? Warriors drafted him. Oh yeah, yes, you're right. <laughs> they didn't draft Gilbert Arenas. So yeah. funny. Okay, yep. So it's Rip. three. You want to hear the three? 
Give Rip, it to me. Beal, who else? Rip, Beal, John Wall. So, and even then, Richard Hamilton went on to have the best day of his, days of his career post. in Detroit. Yeah, post. He was an all-star in Detroit. John Wall was great, but then the second they paid him, we all know what happened from there. Yeah. And Bradley Beal, he was an all-star where it was like, should he be an all-star? And like, so essentially, those three don't count. Sean is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like, I mean, like, he, 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 like, Bradley Beal's good, but like, like, guys, like, there's like, we've talked about this before. Like, I, like, guys that average twenty points and it means nothing. Like, this, like, he's the epitome of that, right? And you know, like, I, I just again, like, you, you look at, like, like he, like he literally has the control over his own destiny. Like, like he. He has this franchise at, at hostage point. And even then, you look at his overall production, like he's played 19 games so far. Like, are you thrilled that you're paying a guy, uh, you know, $250 million over the life of his contract? And he's only averaging 23 points. Like, it's rough. Like, isn't that like, aren't you kind of disappointed with that? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. No, it's just that's it's a franchise player. You expect Bradley Beal to be the best player on a championship team if you're paying him that money, especially and, when all you hear from him all off season and during the season in interviews was essentially that he went he went back to Washington because he didn't have any other choice and because of the money. You know, like like when have you ever heard a glowing endorsement of the Washington Wizards? Can't say. Point. I have. Like, like, honestly, like they, they were, they were in a situation where like, they were lucky that the Lakers bailed them out of the Russell Westbrook trade. And even then they weren't able to find a way to capitalize upon that, to turn it into a successful situation for them either. Remember when they signed Spencer Dinwiddie last year and they went to Dallas and immediately started playing really well. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, oh my god! They do gosh, something man. good. It, it doesn't work out, and if they don't do anything, it doesn't work out. So. Yeah, they're my le- they're they're one of my least favorite organizations in basketball. The next team, the Orlando Magic, they're sitting at eleven and twenty, the same record as the Washington Wizards. However, the Orlando Magic are on a little bit of a win streak, including this past weekend getting a win over the Boston Celtics in the TD Garden, off of Paulo. Boncaro's big 31 point game, including six to seven from the three point line. Apollo's freaking awesome. Uh, Franz Wagner looks like he's going to be a stud. They, uh, Bull Bull is, you know, is, you know what, better than I thought he was going to be. Like, like the Magic have won six in a row. They're, they are, they are six and four in their last 10. That's awesome. I think keep it up just because you're still going to find yourself in the lottery. Right. Yeah. And, and you look at the players they have, you have tons of young talent and they're, they're at a point similar to the Pistons where you're looking to see who's staying and they have, they have a lot of young, young guys that I, I want to see more of. I mean, you're seeing Cole Anthony, Paulo, like you said, Franz Wagner, you got Markel Fultz, Bull Bull, uh, Wendell Carter. Like there's, there's a lot of guys there. There's a little bit of promise, especially when you have a franchise player already in Paulo. I mean, he's the guy as we know and what we've seen so far. So yeah, keep it up. Uh, right. And to Troy's point, they're going to end up sneaking their way and, and grabbing another player 
in the top 10. So no problem with what the Magic are doing right now. No reason to blow that up for what? Even more impressively, by the way, they won two games in a row in the Garden at Boston. Like two, like part of their win streak is two straight wins at Boston. Yeah, their their size, man. They they cause teams problems. They really do with their verse. We talk about versatility. Well, Magic it, can be versatile, man. Well, like I would even make the argument too. Let's say this team, let's say this team, like continues to improve as the season goes on. Let's say this team gets to a point where. They're rising in the standings a little bit. Let's say they end up in the play-in tournament and like they get out of the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. I don't think that's a bad thing for this team. Sure. Like, I, I feel like if this is a team that can like yeah. put together a streak and like make a run and prove it, like they have some real talent, like it's abundantly clear that they have a star in Paolo. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's right. not like this draft, like this next year's draft is really what's defining this team's future. Like right. exactly. they have Paolo, they have Franz, like, like, like you start from there, man. Like Suggs is still something like, yeah. like that's a great base to start off. Of. It is. It is. So it is. yeah. Like it, it like, but it, isn't that funny though? Like how you can contrast like two teams that are the exact same record and how incredibly different situations oh, they are. Yeah. Context yeah. baby. It's the league man. Yep. And so with that one last team, the Chicago bulls sitting at 11 and 18, almost the exact same record as the Washington Wizards and as the Orlando Magic. But the difference with this team is that they also had significant playoff aspirations coming into this season. They also were relying on, you know, on on some of their their younger pieces taking next steps for them as well. A guy like Patrick Williams to be specific. That hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. And even more specifically not only has Patrick Williams not looked like, you know, like that guy that they were hoping for, he hasn't looked like a guy, like, at all, to me. Like, you know, like when, like I, I know that draft. Like we could all do like the hindsight drafting and go like, oh, this team could have picked this guy. This team could have picked that guy. But like, guys, like they could have had Tyrese Halliburton. Like, like the Bulls. Like, would be way better off if they had Tyrese Halliburton <laughs> right now. But like, yeah. In all seriousness, you have Zach Levine, you have Demar Derozan, you have the expiring contract of Vooch, you have, uh, you you know, you have Alex Caruso, who who would garner value from teams. Patrick Williams is still a piece you could technically flip. You could see what the heck you're gonna get with you know with Lonzo when he comes back healthy you know, maybe see if you could build around him or maybe if you could trade him at some point. But like, guys, tell me why they got to blow this thing up, man. Cause I, I like, we can't even hide it. I, I hate what this team is. Yeah. I mean, similar to the Raptors, you have players that you can move and you're better off moving them than trying to put rosters out there to compete for a championship. I mean, Demar DeRozan is a great player, but he is nowhere even remotely close to a first uh, option on a championship team and Vooch as the second option on a championship team. I'm, I'm not going there either. <laughs> yeah. Blow it up, blow it up, man. I mean, you talk about the expiring contract of Vooch. That's going to be, that's got to be intriguing to somebody. Uh, and on top of that too, Zach Levine, I still one of my favorite players to watch, but it, it, it's not even just blow it up from a roster perspective. They got to fire Billy Donovan. I've seen enough. So uh, they, they need a new head coach in there. I, I like Billy. I got respect for him, but 
there Andre Drummond the other night didn't play at all. Coach's decision. They get out rebound. It, it's a disaster. So yeah, it was, it by the way, it was really funny to me that, that Andre Drummond was getting a DNP the night yeah. that the night that Jalen Duran was going to try to break uh, Dwight Howard's record for most consecutive 12 plus rebound Very games. Ironic. Oh, the irony, the storyline, right, Jeff? Like, the that's irony. what I'm saying. Just like the beauty of that, you know, yeah. like meanwhile in Chicago, Andre getting another DNP. Yeah, another they, it, team hating Andre's effort, but like it's anyway, a, it, it's a collection of players that you, you ultimately don't see a future with. So yeah, you, you got to trade, you, you got to blow that thing up. You do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you guys hit it right on the head. I mean, this is, I mean, I, when I look at a roster, just that I don't like the ceiling of, I don't like the floor of, I don't like anything in between like this. Like there, there is like a collection of players here that I like, but this isn't like a, this isn't a this isn't a good basketball team when you put the pieces together. Right? Like like I still think Vucevic could inherently have value for a team. I still think he could play like like as like could be a contender. But like I think he he needs to be much more like a like what Marcus Soul was for the Raptors, you know, that year where he's more of a stripped back, you know, like not trying to be like one of the pivotal points of a team. Like he needs to be a fourth or fifth, fifth option somewhere. I, I, I wouldn't even mind him and I, I I know Brooke Lopez has had a great year, but something in that role where you have a, a Giannis, a Chris Middleton, a Drew Holiday, and then you get to Brooke Lopez. I think that's kind of the scenario I see Vooch in. Like, you got to be the fourth option. But, on, with, with that being said, the Bulls have a long way to go before they're ready to put yep. out a championship contending roster. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, By the way, can I name three teams I'd like for DeMar DeRozan? Let's hear it. All right. Number one, the Memphis Grizzlies. They have a ton of young pieces and draft capital that they can in theory move off of while at the same time still being able to keep a lot of key pieces that they have as well. You don't necessarily have to commit super long-term to DeMar DeRozan financially, but at the same time, you're getting a guy that doesn't necessarily need the ball could place could play the speed that you guys play at. But at the same time, if you need another guy to go create a shot alongside jaw, I feel like that can potentially take them to another level. That's one number two. And this is a little bit more of a out there one. The Phoenix Suns. I'm not sure how they get it done, but like, like they'd have to give up some pieces they like. But like another ISO score, another guy yeah. along alongside Devin Booker, a guy that can good. take him to another level. Like you know, I feel like that'd be really interesting. And then a third one, and this is like a little bit more out there. Sacramento Kings, baby, just keep building on this like this fun, like this fun competitive team that you have. Why not? Like if you're in a situation where you're trying to make a playoff run. Take the next, like, just go one step further. Like, keep going. Like, this is clearly, like, going pretty well. Like, why not add another piece to it and see what you can do? Sure. sure. So, I'll like, like that. that's, those are my three, those are my potential three candidates. Another wild card one, by the way, Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, I was pieces just gonna that, That'd Portland. be nice, too. Yeah, yeah. Think, mm-hmm. about the, think about that, Jeremy Grant, DeMar DeRozan. Dame Lillard, and there's got to be some pieces that'd be intriguing. Anthony Simons probably would stay, but you never know. I, I like mean, the, that, I like the but, teams you listed off. I like the teams you listed but, off. But here's, but that's tricky though, because do you trade? Like, because if if you're if you're the Portland Trailblazers, I don't know if I'm trading Anthony Simons or Shaden Sharp or Jeremy Grant. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't think the Bulls would want Jeremy I think- Grant. I think Memphis is the most intriguing one because of what you said, the, the, the more young talent and they could sacrifice a player or two in some assets and still have a majority of their core. And you bring yeah. in DeMar. I like it. They need a guy like DeMar. They need a, a big fish as we call it. 
Yeah. They need another superstar alongside Ja. Yeah. And in my opinion, like, if you want to see what this team, what this team in Memphis can really do, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, they have, like, they have pieces. And, like, as far as, like, you know, like, the salary for DeMar DeRozan and, like, you know, like, the, the contract that he has coming up, like, his contract expires next year. So, like, it's not like you'd have to give up a ton. And you could see what you could do with a couple years of DeMar. If you don't like it, that yeah, opens up. That up that opens up another slot where you can go and potentially make something else happen. And going forward, are you telling me that that guys aren't looking at Memphis and saying I don't and, and aren't thinking, man, that's a fun team to play with? Yeah. Like just saying, they're gonna have options, man. They're gonna have some options. But that's enough of my that's enough of my squabbling. Uh, Jeff, I want to go to you. Last week, you you uh, you introduced a segment to us, and you you actually. Uh, came to us and had an idea that I thought was pretty fun and I'm excited to talk about. So I'm going to throw it your way, my friend. Yes. So on this week, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Uh, uh, Instead of doing players we trade for, um, I'm going to switch up and say coaches that you guys think should be fired. And you kind of already alluded to it, and and I kind of gave it away because my passion for how frustrated I am. (laughs) I'm going to start with the Chicago Bulls. I'm going to go Billy Donovan. And you, you saw last year winning games, but come postseason time with the injuries they had, they were never taken serious. And you see it now. There's a reason why Billy Donovan was let go. And they didn't feel like he was the coach moving forward that could actually put you over the top. I want your guys' thoughts. Billy Donovan, this year with the Chicago Bulls, is he is he the future with the Bulls? Or if you're the general manager, are you cutting ties with him? Especially heading into a rebuild, potentially. you got to cut ties because they're not winning. It's that simple. I mean, yeah. you're not – this roster, sure, we can we can say all we want about it not being ready to, to compete. But at the end of the day, you, you know, you still – we saw what they did last year, and it's night and day, you know. And really we saw how much they crumbled. And really a coach's job too is you can you can put out lineups there. You can do some X and O's that can put your team at least a little better than what they're doing now, and I just don't see the future having him with them. Yeah, I – I agree. I think they need to make a change at the head coach position as well. But I think that just means I, I think they have to make a lot of, a lot of changes in that organization. Like I think, you know, I think like when you bring in a new coach in Chicago, it's got to be a guy who's ready to come in and, and embrace a rebuild, a guy who's going to come in and face that challenge coming up. And I think Billy Donovan was that, you know, kind of, you know, like try to be competitive and stay, you know, stay relevant type of coach. And, you know, we've seen like he's been serviceable. Like, you know, he was fine when he was in Oklahoma city. Like, you know, like he was able to take, you know, young teams and, and like keep them like relatively competitive, especially like, you know, teams that like overperformed what they were supposed to do. Right. But like at the same time, like, I don't, I don't think I've ever looked at like Billy Donovan and been like, man, this guy's an incredible coach. He was in, like, he was sensational. Like in the Chris Paul year in Oklahoma city. But yet again, how important do you think Chris Paul was to the Chris Paul year in Oklahoma city. So it's like, yeah, I think this, I think the Chicago situation has been an absolute disaster. And if you're going to start with, with scapegoats, I certainly don't think Billy Donovan's a bad one. Yeah, no, I would agree with you guys, especially in a team we talked about. We'd all agree. They probably need to rebuild. I wouldn't move forward. Billy Donovan, go get a head coach that can relate to these players. Someone that you, you see a ceiling in or a new ceiling with Billy Donovan. I feel like there already is a ceiling. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but yeah, I, I would, I would make the change as well. The next coach I'm going to bring up is another coach that I feel passionate about. I, and I was, I hated the hire when it first happened. And I know, I don't know if we've talked about it already, but Steve Clifford for yeah. the Charlotte Hornets, now the worst team in the NBA. And I know they've had, you know, injuries with LaMelo ball. You had the thing happen the case uh, over the summer with miles bridges, 
But more than that, I mean, this is a coach who's never won 50 games in his career. Never won 50 games. He's 61 years old. He's not getting any older or any younger, excuse me. Uh, to me, I would, I would fire Steve Clifford, get him out of here, shoot him out of a cannon, and bring me in a former player. Again, that, that's the way the league's trending. Uh, and if I'm Charlotte, I'm making the move. But what, are you, what about you guys? Steve Clifford, are you keeping yeah, him? Or are you shooting same, him out of the cannon? Same shooting out of the cannon just because <laughs> I just feel like, again, think about the direction they were in last year and this year. I mean, they're obviously moving towards uh, Wimby, right? In a lot of ways. So I, I just, the future just doesn't have him in it. I mean, guys, when this, when this happened, it felt to me like, like, like Steve Clifford took the job was because, was because Steve Clifford was available for the job. <laughs> and like, like that's like, you look at like this team, they went and tried to get a coach that could help them move in the direction of a rebuild. Kenny Atkinson turned him down. He accepted the job and then went on second thought. <laughs> I'm going to say an assistant coach. In this team, like you look at you look at their prospects, you look at going forward. Like, I mean, this team doesn't look particularly inspired with Steve Clifford. I don't say I'd particularly have noticed a a a positive change under Steve Clifford. They're 30th in offense, they're 27th in defense. You know, like LaMelo Ball, like, yes, he, he's hardly played this season, and that certainly hasn't helped. But are you telling me that you really feel like the way that you're going to maximize LaMelo Ball's career going forward is having Steve Clifford <laughs> as his coach? If Victor Wimbenyama is coached by Steve Clifford, <laughs> I'm going to have a <laughs> panic attack. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my – like, I'm going to be apoplectic that that happened. Like, how? Yeah, no, it, it... – that, that's my answer as well. Done with Steve Clifford. Done with Billy Donovan. Last one I want to get to, and, and we listen, we, we've kind of talked about this a lot, but I want, I want to clear the air. The Detroit Pistons, Dwayne Casey, and this was coming eventually. If you're Troy Weaver, do you fire him or do you keep him until you find your new head coach and you feel like this is the guy when you find him to move forward with your young core? Where are you guys at? Because I know a lot of people would hit that eject button right now uh, game uh, 31 of the season. Where are you guys at? I'm not hitting it. I'm not hitting it just because I think there's so much more to prove with this young core, especially he's seen, we've seen so far so much player development with guys, especially your Killian Hayes is probably your best example and your best argument to, to know of how well he's with has gone with player development. And, you know, I, I just think that Troy Weaver and Dwayne Casey are in so many ways in sync with each other of, finding young talent, finding even young talent that, you know, this is their second stint with a team because the first stint wasn't well. I'm thinking of two guys in particular, Marvin Bagley, and I'm thinking of a Kevin Knox. And you can even throw a Jeremy Grant in there too um, with, with what, you know, the, the the mile steps that we saw, the massive steps that we saw with um, their player development. So I, I just think there's, it'd be too soon to hit the eject button mm -hmm. with him. Calls for Dwayne Casey's job are directionless. Calls for Dwayne Casey's job are pointless. Calls for yeah. Dwayne Casey's job don't see the grand picture of, of what this season is and what this Great. season was supposed to be. Uh, first of all, you look at a team that's been, you know, that's been competing more and more as the season has gone on. Yes, you've been in situations where you've given up leads that you've had at halftime, but like, you know who does that? Young teams. You know who makes mistakes? Young teams. You know, like in the other thing as well, like what do you want to see from a team that's young and that's developing? You want to see player development. That's the thing that we've talked about wanting to see from this roster. 
And when you look at every single team that's been drafted under the Troy Weaver tenure, what player hasn't developed positively? What player hasn't looked better under his tenure? People were ready to give up on Killian Hayes a month ago. Dwayne Casey wasn't. Look who's right about that. Dwayne Casey's made a lot of adjustments, by the way, to actually put this roster in a better position. Jalen Duran is in the starting lineup now, and he's playing awesome, but that's because Dwayne Casey didn't rush him to be in the starting lineup day one because he knew he didn't have to. Like, that's the thing is, like, Dwayne Casey has a pulse on these players. He understands what it means to develop and bring players along. He knows when, when guys are having nights and when they're not, and he's the steady voice in this locker room that they need. Quite frankly, the fact that this team is still looking as competitive as they are, the fact that they're still as feisty and want to win as much as they do with their number one guy on the sideline, that like there is no reason to fire Dwayne Casey. And if you did, like, what would you be doing for your franchise? Like, what what's the direction for the rest of the year? Yep. Like, like what's your what's your vision? Like, what what about firing Dwayne Casey today puts you in a better position to go get a head coach? Like. Like no one's going to be available to like until like the end of the playoffs anyway. No, like you're not going to be in a situation where like you're going to actually be able to bring someone in until they see what lottery pick you get, because that's going to dictate where a lot of coaches are going to want to go. May I add like, that's just something that you have to realize. Like, like, yes, you can make a coaching change this off season, but like firing Dwayne Casey, like at all, let alone like in the middle of the year, like why? Yeah. Yeah, and that's I think that's the thing too is is fans know this. I mean, players aren't as replaceable as coaches. And whenever things go wrong, you look at the coach and you say, "All right, we're let's let's fire him." With Dwayne Casey, this is a situation I think is much more it's much bigger than what Dwayne could fix. I know if you people want to nitpick Dwayne, that's fine. But to say fire him for and to your point, Sean, for what? Uh, what what who would come in here? And, and turn this entire season around nobody. So let them ride out. You at least have consistency at the coaching position, especially for a young team and, and a coach who's shown he can develop players. Players have a great relationship with him. Ride this thing out. He's the second oldest coach in the NBA. Clearly, clearly, he doesn't have a long future left in coaching. So let this thing ride out. Troy Weaver knows as well as anybody. There's a time and a place. There's, there, like Steve Eiserman did with Blaschel with the Red Wings. It, it's not about everyone saying, fire Blaschel, fire Blaschel, fire Blaschel. He eventually fired Blaschel on his time, not the fans' time, and he made the right decision bringing in Derek Lalonde. So I, I trust Troy Weaver. I love Dwayne. I, I love what he's done. He's a great human being. But more than that, I do think he has a lot to offer in terms of teaching, being a teacher, and to, to Troy's point, which I thought was great, him and Troy Weaver are in lockstep. They have a great relationship. I don't see him being fired, at least in the near future, maybe this offseason, but it depends who's available. There's a lot that goes into it. So bottom but line, he, no, you don't fire him. But like right even now, then, like it, like even then, like let's say like they make a move this offseason at the head coaching position. You really think it's gonna be from firing Dwayne Casey? No, I, I think it'll be him a lot. They'll give him the right to be able to transition to another role. I, I think they he, he's earned that respect. I, I don't I don't believe he'll just be kicked to the corner. Uh, thanks, Dwayne. See you later. I, I don't see that. <laughs> yeah, like like all the calls of saying that Dwayne Casey doesn't know how to coach. All this like it's just blatantly not true. It's yeah. just not. And you know, again, you look at everything that you want a coach like to do, and when you talk about like the adjustments that you wanted him to make, where's the big, where's the two big lineup? The second Marvin Bagley got healthy. They started doing two big lineups. They almost immediately went to the Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Duran pairing. And now we're seeing how much that's working where, you know, what's going on with the bench. He he helped turn the bench around. 
with Marvin Bagley and Alec Burks coming back in the lineup, made the adjustment with Sadiq. We now have the best bench in the NBA. Like he's right. doing, he's making adjustments and the player development's going well. And there's not outbursts and breakouts in the locker room. The fact that things are stable, like that's all that's you, all ask, you for. ask for. Bingo. Yep. We, exactly. We're all in lockstep here. Yeah, for sure. And there you guys have it. Those are my, those are my three coaches. And awesome. we all pretty much agree on every single one of them. That's what I like to see. Awesome. I like it. Troy, it's time to close the pod with your segment, my friend. At what yeah. a segment we normally like to call from Mount Rushmore. The past past couple months we've been doing should he, will he? I, I forgot. Is is was last week the final segment of should he, will he? Yeah, yes, it okay. was the last segment. So we're going right back to Mount Rushmore today. And I got a fun one. This one. All right. M- Mount Rushmore. Mount, Mount Rushmore of greatest. <laughs> NBA trades of all time. Ooh. Now, here's what's interesting about this one. The greatest NBA trades are simultaneously going to be also the worst NBA trades for the other team, right? Um, yep. So I will start with this one. Um, 1996 NBA draft. It's draft night. And you trade Vladi Divac to the Charlotte Hornets for the 13th pick where you go on and select Kobe Bean Bryant. Best mm-hmm. trade in NBA history on the Mount Rushmore. It has to be, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we look at what Kobe's done, a five-time champion. What is it? 13-time All-Star. Um, clear first ballot Hall of Famer. What he meant to the game of basketball, what he still means today, of course, after his uh, his tragic death. You turn Vlade Divac. <laughs> that has to be on the Mount Rushmore for me. You know what, Troy? I like where your I like where your mind's at, and I'm going to expand on it. And with the second trade on this list, speaking of Kobe Bryant, the second trade on this list is when the Los Angeles Lakers acquired Pau Gasol at the NBA trade deadline in exchange for Andrew Bynum, his brother Mark, and all the other pieces that they included. But more importantly, not only did the Lakers get a top five player in the league at the time, Pau Gasol is a freak of nature, like an absolute monster. So many GMs were so upset after this trade went through, not only because he went to the Lakers, but because of how much they were able to get and how affordable he was. Like, that's the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's that's what makes it unreal. So... The fact that like we're in a situation where like, you know, Pau Gasol is able to, you know, like go and like win two championships and they were able to have that historic pairing with Kobe, like, like outside of Shaq, like elite stuff. I got one that I, I got to give a lot of credit to because um, it just, and you guys talk about the greatest trades. I was going to bring up Kevin Garnett to the, to the Celtics, but I think this one is more recently. And the reason why I love it so much is it took one season. And that's Kawhi Leonard to the Toronto Raptors yep. in winning a championship in one season on an expiring yeah, deal. True. And again, more than that, for what he traded, you trade away DeMar DeRozan, Jacob Pertle, um, in, in your choir Kawhi. He comes there first year within the system, Nick Nurse at head coach, and you go to the finals. And it took a miraculous last-minute shot against the 76ers that just absolutely ripped the heart out of Philly fans. But, yeah, big but time. In a lot of injuries in the finals with the Warriors. But more than that, just the storyline 
for what they traded, they got Kawhi, and you, and you end up in a championship, and how much that means to Toronto. Listen, as a country, that's got to be up there for one of the most impactful trades. And Sean and I were talking after that trade, and we were like, this makes no sense for the Spurs, and it makes no sense for the Raptors. What are they doing? But somehow the rental player turned into championship, so we're thankful for that. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't know the pieces that was given up because the trade happened so, so long ago. But whatever the Los Angeles Lakers gave up to get Wilt Chamberlain from the Philadelphia 76ers, <laughs> I mean, I know it was, I think, four or five players. Yeah. But there's no way that those four or five players <laughs> could compete with Wilt Chamberlain. Right. So that, to me, that has to be on the list there. Um, I, I just think of, yeah, Sean, pull that up. Who, who did the Lakers give up to get Wilt Chamberlain? All right. So, um, so uh, on July 9th in 1968, the Philadelphia 76ers traded their superstar center, Wilt Chamberlain, to the Los Angeles Lakers in exchange for Daryl Imhoff, Archie Clark, and Jerry Chambers, plus an undisclosed amount of cash. I'm interested to see how much that uh, that yeah. undisclosed amount of cash. Was. Inflation makes yeah, with inf- yeah, inflation is going to make it look super friendly. Yeah. My, so My goodness, that's a great. Now that's a great one. I want to throw a couple modern trades in there sure. that I think you could that you could make an argument belong on the list. Sure. So number one, the Boston Celtics trading Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce for a mm-hmm. collection of assets that ultimately got them the rights to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Big yep. time. Um, the the greatest NBA duo currently since Shaq and Kobe, um, with with what they're doing on the offensive end, and then number two, the Detroit Pistons at the trade deadline acquired a, a forward named Rasheed Wallace that ultimately put them in in the position to not only get to the finals two years in a row but win a championship and rule over the Eastern Conference for six plus years. And we threw in a bag of chips for that one. I think we even <laughs> threw in Lindsey Hunter there, and then then he got bought out, and we got him back right away. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> shout out Lindsey Hunter, by the way. I want to have him on the pod at some point. Lindsey Hunter, yeah, yeah shout out Lindsey Hunter. His his son uh, went to one of the Catholic schools in Detroit and won a high school championship in 2018. Yeah. I think they beat our buddy. Shout out to Brock Emery's high school. Remember him, uh, Sean? Oh yeah, yeah. Lindsey Hunter's uh, son beat their team, so. Heck yeah, man. Shout out to Brock, but no way he's (laughs) listening to this. But anyway, guys, I appreciate you both so much. Troy, I've held you up for more of this Packers game than I was supposed to. Go cheese. cheese I'm really sorry, but (laughs) guys, I appreciate you both so much. This is a really fun episode. I want to thank you all so much for everyone that was listening to at home and make sure that you're following us here at from half court region. Every week we talk all things, NBA basketball. If you like that, you like this video subscribe to the podcast be sure you share with a friend as well but folks that's going to do it for us so that troy can go watch football we want to thank you all so much for listening we'll catch you guys next time from half court sure you subscribe